Section 13 of Stories of the First American Animals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kristen Edwards. Stories of the First American Animals by George Langford. Poebro, the Toy Camel, Part 3. Brontus was feeling out of sorts. The flies had been tormenting him, and something he had eaten lay heavy upon his mind and stomach. He was in a far from jovial mood, and, having observed the little camel's approach, was now ambling along the bank to intercept him. Where his line of travel crossed that of Poebro, he stopped, and watched the latter out of one piggy eye. It made him cross-eyed to use two when looking at anything head-on, because of his V-shaped nose-horn arrangement, which obstructed his direct line of vision. "'Here comes that proud and haughty little camel,' he sneered. "'I can make a good guess what he wants. Will he get it? Not unless he wallows in the mud and does a few other things to rid himself of his fine airs.'" Poebro came jauntily on until he was within several paces of the huge titan beast. The latter blocked his further progress, so he stopped. "'I have come to join my friends,' he said. "'Life upon the meadows is impossible while the flesh-eaters are there. The woods are filled with great ugly pigs. The river is all that is left for me. I will disturb neither you nor your friends, and now we can all live peacefully together.' Poebro spoke calmly and graciously. A genuine feeling of good will prompted him for he was determined to forgive and forget the past. Brontus did not look at the matter from this point of view, however. His little eyes blinked wickedly. "'Willing to converse with your inferiors, are you?' he grunted. "'Aren't you afraid of being seen here talking to me? Your reputation will be ruined if anyone hears of it.' Poebro detected the biting sarcasm in the other's voice, but he had made his decision and was determined to abide by it. I no longer care what other animals think, he replied firmly. I am willing to talk with you, and nobody will know that I am ashamed to be seen doing it. Things have changed, and now I must change with them. These few sentences cost Poebro much effort, but they were delivered wholeheartedly and without the slightest suggestion of bitterness. And yet, strange to say, the words and the tone in which they were uttered irritated Brontus exceedingly. It was as though the business end of a hornet had punctured his thick hide. "'So good of you to comment all that,' he mocked. "'Your affairs must be in a sad state to drive you to it. "'What is the trouble? Too much rice-eating and drinking?' "'No, indeed,' Poebro hastened to assure him. "'I don't get enough. "'There's nothing left for me since all these strangers came here and crowded me out.' Brontus felt his rage rising fast. "'Crowded you out, eh?' he squealed. "'Never have I listened to such insolence. "'You can't deceive me, for I know all about you. "'What of the warm, delightful sand country "'that you have appropriated for your own use "'without consulting anyone? "'It is more territory than all the rest of us have put together.' "'But who wants such a place?' the little camel protested. "'How can I live there? "'What do you expect me to eat and drink? "'Sand and hot air?' Brontus gulped down the anger that would keep coming up in spite of him. "'You want it, or you would not go there,' he bellowed. 
As for your diet, what business is that of mine? You are old enough to take care of yourself. I still say that you have appropriated far more land than you are entitled to. I suppose that next you will be asking me for this river. Some of it, yes, but so very little, was the answer. Brontus almost choked with the rage that now consumed him. "'Isn't there little enough in the sand country?' he roared. "'Why don't you stay out there, now that you have grown accustomed to it? "'It is a wonderful place, plenty of room, quiet, hot air, and no end of nice, soft sand.' "'Why, I would go there myself if it only had more water.' "'And the big brute forgot his rage long enough to chuckle at his own humor. "'Yes, water,' said Poebro. "'That's what it needs, but there is none.' Here is the only place where I can get it. Who said you could get it here? Brontus demanded. I know I didn't, and I'm the one who manages this river. The little camel's heart sank within him like lead. It was very weak of him to climb down from his lofty pedestal, but he was tired and discouraged, and his trouble seemed without end. I have never injured any of you, he said piteously. "'What harm can it do you now if I come and drink from this river? "'Won't you let me have some?' "'Um, well, that's different.' "'The titan beast's anger began to cool. "'It was as the running rhinoceros had said. "'He was not a bad sort at all if managed just right. "'He could get along with a crocodile "'if it did not rub him the wrong way. "'He really admired Poebro's spunk, "'and if the latter would only drop his lofty airs, the two might be good friends. He remained silent, turning the matter over in his mind, watching Poebro with his head cocked on one side. The little camel stood silently awaiting his answer. The features of the burly tightened beast remained stolid and entirely devoid of expression. He was thinking, and when an animal of his caliber stopped to think, he consumed much time. Poebro sighed, and so this was his answer. He could expect no favors from the surly brute. His head drooped dejectedly. He sighed, then turned and walked slowly away. Wait a moment. The little camel halted as bidden and faced about. Don't be in such a hurry, Brontus grunted in his softest tones. I was considering the matter, and possibly I can arrange it. But there are conditions. It remains for you to decide. Conditions? Poebro noted the changed tone with considerable surprise. The ill-mannered grunts were now soft and wheedling. Brontus always appeared at his best when he wore the crabbed and piggish air, common to his kind. He could be genial without one's guessing it to look at him, but when he endeavored to appear genial, he invariably made a mess of it. The little camel's suspicions were instantly aroused. He listened attentively. "'Yes,' leered Brontus, with head drawn back into the rolls of fat about his neck. "'I believe it can be arranged. You can drink and eat all you want, and my friends and I will see to it that none of the flesh-eaters harms you. For your part, there are a few things to be observed to show your good faith.' "'And those few things are?' "'Simple matters to convince us that you now see the error of your ways. First, you must have a mud-bath.' A roll in the wallows so that you will be well plastered from head to foot. Poebro winced. He was about to reply angrily when he thought of the saber-cat. He gulped down his pride and answered, 
Yes, if I must. And he came forward to proceed with the ordeal at once. Hmm, but that's not all, said Brontus. After your mud bath, and there is to be no washing it off, mind you, I will take you around to meet my friends. Poebro bit his lips, swallowed the lump in his throat, and answered bravely. Yes, I will go with you. And to each of my friends you must apologize most humbly for your past conduct. Only then will they know that the little camel considers himself no better than they. And what if I refuse? You will never be permitted to come here again, squealed the huge titan beast, his soft manner suddenly changing to rage. Do you mean to say that you dare refuse? He took a step forward. Poebro backed off several paces. He too was furious. I certainly do, he cried. I have humiliated myself too much already, standing here talking to you. As for your fat, ill-mannered brood, I would die rather than be seen with any of them. You may keep your river and everything else you have stolen. As he said this, he glanced behind him to make sure that his line of retreat remained open. Brontus was nearly beside himself with anger. He would have chastised Poebro for his insults, but he knew that the little Campbell was too nimble for him to catch. "'Go and feed your miserable little body to the saber-cat,' he stormed. "'You will never get a drop of the river water as long as I live.' Poebro turned and began walking to the forest without deigning a reply. Brontus squealed mockingly after him. "'When you reach the meadows, take a pool along with you to the sand country. Otherwise you will surely be thirsty.' "'Well, I did the best I could,' sighed Poebro, as he made his way through the forest. "'Probably that ugly brute would have made my life unbearable, even if I had done all he demanded of me.' The little camel had now burned all his bridges behind him, as he well knew. It was the sand country or nothing, and as he was not ready to die just yet, he determined to manage somehow.' Before venturing across the meadows, he filled himself with food and drink. This done, he made a careful survey, and finding all clear at the moment, dashed off to the sand dunes and safety. The hot, dry desert was anything but inviting. Its vast emptiness and desolation were enough to deter the bravest spirit. Poebro was a timid little body. The very thought of being near the saber-cat filled him with terror. The river beasts inspired only his disgust, but the one sentiment was, in its way, as bad as the other. Nobody would have suspected it to look at him, and yet in some respects Poebro was really a marvel of daring and desperate courage. No longer could he depend upon the meadows or river. The sand country must be his home. With a bold heart he plunged far into the desert, subsisting upon almost nothing, and keeping his eyes open at all times in the hope of finding ways and means to make a living. Just about when he was ready to drop from hunger, thirst, and exhaustion, he came upon a patch of fertile country. It was but a patch, a tiny island in a sea of sand, but it proved his salvation. The grass was fresh and sweet. The few trees gave him shelter from the scorching sun and a tiny brooklet gushing from the sand afforded him an abundance of cool drinking water. This haven of refuge, or oasis, was a revelation to him. With spots like this one to come to, the desert was not such a bad place after all. 
Having established his headquarters, he explored deeper into the sand country. Fertile patches similar to the one he had discovered were few and far between, so far that he dared not leave one to go to another. And yet, if he could only manage to carry a supply of water and food with him, a trip from one oasis to another would not have been a matter at all difficult to arrange. Poebro's new home was a beautiful spot, but a prison nevertheless. If he were compelled to live in that one place the rest of his life, eventually he would go mad or die of loneliness. Would that I did not have to drink so often, he sighed, but in this hot, dry country I need more water than ever, and I cannot carry this brook around with me when I want to go anywhere. This made him think of what Brontes had last said about taking one of the meadow pools with him. Not a bad idea, he thought. Of course, I couldn't think of carrying so much water. An extra supply, even a little, would be enough. But what have I to carry it in? The only place I know of is my stomach, and I have no room there to spare. However, his stomach could be stretched a bit when it saw the need of stretching. Poebro had to find extra room there somehow, and necessity is the mother of invention. Before venturing forth into the desert, he took a big drink to satisfy his ordinary thirst, and another drink after it, such as a long journey in the dry country required. His stomach was not slow in responding to this water treatment. Gradually it expanded, until Poebro had an extra water compartment rigged up in one corner of it. It was like the little gallon tank in the big gasoline reservoir of an automobile, a last resort and enough to get home on if the big tank ran dry. Poebro was the original inventor, but nobody ever gave him credit for it. He had his own way of arranging the details after the main principle was established. Much time was spent in perfecting it, but finally he became a regular water tank going about on four legs. It was a grand and glorious scheme. Before leaving one oasis, he first took a long, deep drink to care for his immediate thirst, then a second big drink after it to fill his storage tank. This latter provided for future needs and carried him safely to the next oasis. The matter of food also gave him considerable concern, although it was far less serious than the water problem. It seemed as though there might be some way of storing an extra food supply, too, for traveling long distances. He had already used up the available space inside of him, but he had learned by this time that with persistence his body could be persuaded to do what was demanded of it. True, the space in his stomach was all used up, but there was nothing outside of it that would prevent further expansion. Accordingly, he set about to make room upon his back. In time, it grew to be a pronounced hump. It detracted somewhat from his former graceful figure, but he could not help that. This hump, although not a thing of beauty, was a great improvement, for it carried food enough to last him for a week. Having succeeded so well thus far, he made another change. He permitted his two-toed hoofs to become encased in pads of flesh and callous skin, thus protecting his feet from the hot sand and securing a more comfortable footing. Strange how circumstances alter cases. This same sand country, which at first threatened his undoing, was now his paradise. 
the keel was laid and the finished camel or ship of the desert rose rapidly upon the ways somewhere near the rocky mountains was the scene of his launching his range was the length and breadth of our united states his home is now in far-off asia and africa if he had not gone there things might now be much different probably the tawny arabs and dusky ethiopians never stopped to think of that nor does it occur to them that the camel which they set so much store by was american-born and bred from little poebro the toy camel who ages ago left the fertile meadows of south dakota to make his home among the sand dunes end of section thirteen